0: Hey, you. Welcome to Taylor's Shapers of Influence podcast, where we discuss the people, places, and things that will influence us. We'll dissect the integrated worlds of marketing, pop culture, and everything in between, from fashion to sports to entertainment. We're not only creating conversations, we're leading them too. Join us and welcome back to another episode of Taylor's Shaper of Influence podcast. I'm your host for today. My name is Shade Ayodele and I'm here with my partner in progress, Nisa Warren, who's also the co-founder of Hold the Press with myself along with two awesome Black women. And we really just wanted to take some time to kind of update you all on where Hold the Press is today Uh, after speaking with you guys a couple months ago when we first issued our list of ask and demands to the PR industry. So Nisa, uh, I know you've been working close on a lot of this, so kind of wanted you to give us an update of where we are and and what your thoughts are with all the agencies we heard back after our July 31st deadline.
1: Yeah. Hey, everyone. Um, So as you guys will know from our first podcast back in June, we made outreach to over 100 agencies, really presenting them with our ask and our demands around hold the press and looking to um, and inspire and, and propel them to, um, you know, recruit and cultivate Black talent. And so coming out of our deadline um, at the end of July, we actually only heard back from around 30 agencies. Um, and so that was interesting um, on two fronts, you know, on one end, we're kind of sad that we didn't hear back from more knowing we reached out to so many, but on the other end, it is refreshing to kind of see um, that we did get those responses and also that we um, are being able to set that baseline for you know the data and the numbers so that as we go on, you know, in six months, in a year, we'll be able to compare to where we were this summer um, and see how we're growing and, and how fast we're growing um, as far as diversity and equity within
0: the industry. Yep, and I think uh, something else that was kind of interesting for me was just to see our response from the PR industry versus our other partners in Progress 600 and Rising, their responses. So just for some background, 600 and Rising is a group of Black advertisers that had put forth 12 steps of action uh, following the unfortunate demise of George Floyd to the advertising industry to really put the pressure on them create change for black talent. Uh, sometime in July we met up with the founders and felt that there was a lot of synergies there and advertising and PR are very close um, in, in the work, the types of work that we do. We work alongside a lot of a lot of advertising agencies when we're creating campaigns for these clients. So we thought it would be good to, to join forces with them and really apply collective pressure. Uh, to our industries to ensure that there is change. And they actually heard back from a hundred agencies. So it was kind of telling to me that they had a better response. Um, I was disappointed, but not surprised. I think the overall thread here is that you cannot track, you cannot change what you do not track. And so while there's a lot of agencies, both on the advertising and PR side that are shying away from transparently sharing their data, um, they can't talk. I believe that you cannot talk about making progress if you're not able to confront how you've fallen short thus far,
1: yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. And you know, coming out of our outreach, another thing that um, we shared out on our Hold the Press um, Instagram was our ten key learnings coming, you know, out of the data. And I think there were a few that stuck with me um, really closely. One was that you know there are PR agencies in in 2020 who still don't have any Black employees. Um, whether that be a result of layoffs coming out of the pandemic, or just in general they didn't, and I, you know, I think that's insane. Um, obviously, given the landscape and knowing that a lot of campaigns um, and work that we do in the PR industry is targeted towards um, diverse audiences, but even more, I think something that really stuck with me was in some of the responses that we did get from agencies. Um, you know, we still face I guess what you would call a microaggression um, and, and even tone policing to that point um, of four black women who are simply asking for change. Um, and so, all in all, I think it was it was a shocker. But you know, um, it in my opinion, for my and it made made me want to fight more because you know, even in asking for this, we're still being told, well, you know, you could have said it nicer. But it's like, you know, how nicely can you ask for change that we've been asking for for decades
0: now? And I think beyond change, because people are scared of change, right? Not only are we asking for change, at the core, what we're asking for is equality, equity and quality. And, and for to live in a country that prides itself on on those very values, it's just very, I won't even say it's perplexing. It's just very disappointing that there are people who would who would look at us and, and the work that we're doing, Nisa, and look at it as, as aggressive or look at it as as inappropriate, or you should have done it this way, like you can't tell a, you can't tell oppressed people how to react. Um, and and it was just it was shocking to me, honestly. Um but I but I don't want to to go down this, this tunnel of just doom and gloom because there were some some bright points um that we learned from this data. So would like to talk a little bit about like some of the agencies we talked about and, and what they're doing.
1: Yeah, you know, we did find that a lot of the agencies had good um, action plans and and are really looking to um, propel their agencies forward to bring in black talent. And with that, a lot of agencies are really supportive of the movement. And so I think, um, you know, there are agencies, there are people um, who are out there who are really pushing and really want to see this change and um, to see those steps. And even more so, I think that um, if nothing else, you know, what we've done is kind of start a conversation um, and a very, a very candid and transparent conversation um, that may have been happening before, but we're kind of amplifying it now. So um, to kind of give people that, you know, start to really start to move towards that change.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, something else to add is just that um, there is, with this increased attention to diversity, i think it's important to realize and apologies guys um, something with this pandemic is that i am a stay-at-home mom uh not a stay-at-home mom because i'm working but i'm working with my son from home so if you hear him in the back that's why but i think uh something that a collection of this pandemic and just an increased effort of diversity that has shown us is that there are good you know humans here and in our workplaces that want change and so i've been very impressed by the I- allies that have come to the forefront to kind of help steward these conversations and to help bring about this change. And I know while there's been times we felt a little bit discouraged, um, I am encouraged by some of those voices that have come to, to really help um, lead these conversations. And I think that's a big piece of what's gonna, um, what it's gonna take to truly create that change.
1: Yeah, and to your point of, um, you know, us all working from home and um, you with your son and just like the general nuances of being at home with our families, I think um, one of the things, it is amazing to have, you know, allies and to continue to be, um, you know, pushed forward. And I think that pushes us forward when we're continuing to do this work um, outside of our our nine to five, outside of our day to day, um, you know, work responsibilities. But um, continuing to push forward because it can be hard um, you know it can be hard to log off from like a day of work but then you know log into the the passion you know our passion project or um, kind of like the fight for like equity um, you know in in the industry so you know how do you feel about that like with I guess like balancing work life and in and, um, the passion of doing you know hold the press and 600 and rising afterward.
0: Yeah, I think transparently it's, it's what affects a lot of movements, right? Because you start off with a passion for change, but then there's the reality that, you know, you still have um, a nine to five. We still have families to show up for. We still have friends to show up for. Then we're battling a pandemic and we're trying to create change. Right. And so I think that the work-life balance thing it comes into play because more now than ever i think there's an emphasis on protecting your mental health um because as we were kind of chatting even earlier before this podcast it's just the nuanced that we're all facing that we're in these four walls of our apartments and our homes all day long some of us are with family um and you're trying to take calls i know for me um my husband he's also on calls during the day and so it's, it's just trying to find these new ways of working while trying to push something that we're, we're super passionate about. So for me, I just try to make sure that I have certain days that I log, certain times that I log off each day and that I'm taking at least an hour to just enjoy the things outside of my work, outside of my passion work, to really focus on myself and my family and ensure that I'm showing up in these various roles that I have as my full self. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear, Nisa, how have you been dealing with it?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I, I definitely agree. Um, I think as a, um, you know, more, I feel like a more junior um, PR professional, I'm always continuing to learn how to balance like my work and my life. But I think the most important thing has been reminding myself to take breaks, reminding myself to meditate, reminding myself to read good, like positive news that has nothing to do with the pandemic and nothing to do with what's going on in the country today just so that I can reset because you know I'm not a value of anybody to anyone um, if I'm burnt out so I think that's something that is important for you know any professional or anybody who's doing passion work is just to remember that um you know you should give it your all and you should do hard work but at the same time remember to prioritize your mental health and prioritize your work-life balance um and I really do think um you know Again, having allies, having colleagues who are supportive um, and really reminding us to like take a break, breathe, how are you doing today? Like that's really been important um, and incremental, um, you know, in me continuing to push through in this fight. Um, but to that point, I think um, something that, you know, everyone might be wondering about is like, what's next? Like, you know, we have the data, we have the numbers, where is the press going next? Where is 600 and rising going next? So Shade, do you want to like elaborate a little bit more on what we have coming up?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we've partnered with 600 and rising to issue a survey out to their signatories as well as people who signed on to our petition to understand what really are the needs of Black talent and allies to assist them um, in this journey. And, and one thing that we found that was super important to Black talent is pay equity. Um, they feel like while a lot of DNI projects are really focused now on retention, a large piece of the retention aspect is to, to pay them fairly, pay them for the work that they do. Um, something else they're looking for is transparency, which kind of goes back to the data piece. They're, they're really looking for agencies to be transparent about the, the talent that they're hiring and, and what levels. Um, we talked about this a bit, Nisa, before, but where a lot of agencies struggle, is hiring talent at the top levels. And if you don't see a career path for yourself, it's very hard to feel, um, to show up as your best self at work every day, you know?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, You know, that's one of the biggest things I feel like that um, has been a motivator for me is to be able to have a mentor like you, Sade, um, who is in a more senior level um, and being able to see someone who looks like myself, you know, beyond the junior and mid level. Um, that's something that keeps me going every day. So I think that's the uh, most important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think the third piece where they're looking for um, kind of support that we found was just allyship. Um, sometimes it feels like we're talking to echo chamber, right? We need for, for our allies in the workplace who see these things happening to black talent to continue to speak out, to continue to show up and continue to put forward these voices, um, in powers of positions in positions of power. So that they can continue to make um, true change across the industry. So, um, taking those 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 findings from the survey, I think we're really looking to actually help change um, policy, right, and really create different aspects um, or create policy change um, and work with lawmakers to ensure that we we see some of this happening. Because the same way that you know affirmative action came about. Um, even the Crown Act around um, black hair in the workplace, we really want to hold these agencies accountable um, legally to ensure that they are they are responsible and and honestly, someone holding them accountable for making these changes that they they keep talking about. I think the other area where is where where we're really looking to to make our mark is around the data piece. We are exploring some partners who can help us develop a system that is. Um, uniformed across the advertising and PR industry to really help um, collect this data from agencies in a uniform manner uh, where they feel comfortable to truly share where the numbers at so that we can track in 2021, 2022, and beyond, are you truly making progress? Because again, it's it's 2020 and DE&I is not new. Agencies have been talking about it for decades. But when you look at the numbers, when you look at the progress, there hasn't been that much progress at all.
1: Yeah, no, that is hundred percent true. Um, well, I think you know that's all we can share for now. But um, you know, everyone just stay tuned to our Instagram um, at hold the pre- hold the underscore press, um, as well as six hundred risings Instagram six hundred and the word rising. Um, just to stay you know up to date with everything that we're doing, and we have a lot of amazing things coming down the pipeline
0: absolutely and if you haven't already you can go to 600andrising.com to sign up for our email list um, like I said there's a lot of work happening behind the scenes and we're super excited to continue these conversations and to continue to be partners in progress well that wraps up this episode of Taylor's Shapers of Influence to learn more about what we do at Taylor you can find us at taylorstrategy.com looking for more episodes of the podcast find us wherever you stream stuff We're on iTunes and other major streaming platforms. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TaylorStrategy. Thanks for stopping by and tuning in. Peace.